I'm Mae Campbell and you're listening to the TW2's Premier 15s in 15. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Prem 15s in 15 brought to you by the TW2 podcast. I'm still Fergus Mainland and joining me to run through all of the action from round eight is James Price, Caleb Mutumbwa and Imogen Gainsworth. And we'll start as we always do, taking a rundown at the fixtures that we've had. So we had Saracens beating Worcester Warriors at home, 64 points to 20. We had Loughborough Lightning um, beat DMP Sharks, 41 points to 7. Sail Sharks beat Wasps, 25-0. Exeter Chiefs beat kind of local rivals Bristol Bears, 41-0. And Gloucester Harpury beat Harlequins, 33-22. James, all change on the table. How is it looking after eight rounds? Uh, You say all change, but back up at the top, the familiar place of Gloucester Harpury Women's RFC after eight games. They have eight wins and they're now on 39 points. Extra Chiefs stay in second also after eight games on 35. And Harlequins after their loss today are on 25 points. Slightly adrift of the pack now, 10 points behind Extra Chiefs down in third on eight games as well. And then the next three teams on seven games, Saracens after their win on 20 points, followed by Bristol Bears and University of Worcester Warriors women. Uh, Sales Sharks down in seventh, followed by Loughborough Lightning. Uh, and Wasps and DMP Sarks continue to foot the table on zero points apiece. So Imogen, what we'll do, we'll start with that Saracens at Worcester game that took place on Saturday. You and I were in attendance at it, and I suppose prefacing the whole thing, Alex Osterbury, their director of rugby, was getting quite angsty that that everyone was saying, oh, it's got to be panic stations already for Saracens. They're not in the top four. It's an absolute disaster. The defending champions are down in down in sixth place in the league. We've everything's gone wrong for them. But once they got out on the pitch, once they went out against Worcester Warriors, it was very much back to business for them, wasn't it? When we spoke to him afterwards, he still picked apart their performance for Saracens and said that he thought they were four quite soft tries that they they let slip past. I think there were some brilliant tries from Saracens, but I think a few of them were just capitalising on um, sloppy mistakes from Worcester as well. Also, very strangely, the half-time whistle was blown when there were 38 minutes on the clock, which confused everyone in attendance. We were sat by some of the um, the Worcester uh, squad members and they were... Uh, not very happy, put it that way, about it. There was a lot of chat going on. Um, but yeah, it was a good game. Good to see the um, yeah, the Red Roses and the other internationals on a, another weekend back. Alex said that the press are looking a bit too much into the um, the kind of position in the tables. We do need to remember we're only eight rounds in, so we do have quite a while left to go. And then obviously a big break from um, March to May for the Six Nations. So I think... I think they think they're ticking away nicely, but he said there's some things that they can change if they want to target those those top spots in the coming weeks. A huge game for May Campbell, her 100th appearance for Saracens, only the sixth woman to do that for Saracens, and she scored. She did indeed. She, uh, she seems to never stop scoring. We also we had a lovely tour around the Stonex um, from Harry, which was brilliant, and we went to the 100 Club, which... I hadn't realised they had at Saracens. It's a room that they've got a picture dedicated to everyone that's made 100 appearances for Saracens. So we saw the likes of Steve Borthwick and Richard Wigglesworth, which was entertaining. And then 
um, on a separate wall they have the women's and I think there are only five women's pictures there at the moment so May Campbell will be added there in the coming weeks I think they said their their game against Quinn's the jewel she's going to be presented with her um, I think it's a drawing of of herself so she hopes it's a of a likeness she said to us afterwards but yeah it's really nice to see the way they're trying to integrate their women's team and hopefully over the years we'll see many more than the six that were there Yes, huge game for Saracens, moves them up into fourth place, back into playoff contention. And the other big game taking place in London was Harlequins playing host to Gloucester Hartbury, top of the table. And actually, that is the match where this week's Matt's moment of merit comes from. So have a listen to what Matt Merritt had to say about that Harlequins-Gloucester game. It's moment of the week time again. And this time we're watching Harlequins women take on Gloucester Hartbury women just just before half time and uh, there's a ruck on the Quinn's try line Gloucester Hartbury already one try ahead and Zoe Oldcroft reaches into the ruck picks up the ball and somehow contorts and stretches herself over the top of the ruck to just touch it down uh, the whistle blows Gloucester Hartbury are two tries ahead going into half time and for me that was the moment when they secured the game. Yes, there were still 40 minutes to play, but emotionally the damage was done. And and even though uh, Quinn scored a couple uh, in the second half, Gloucester carried on scoring as well. It also highlighted that Zoe Oldcroft, who's already one of the best locks in the game uh, and a former World Player of the Year, of course, and has been increasingly one of the best sixes in the game, looks like she might be one of the best eights in the game as well. And, and actually... The more I see, the more I think maybe she is the natural successor to Sarah Hunter in that eight shirt for England. So a huge thanks to Matt for providing his moment of merit. And Caleb, off the bat of that, what was your thoughts on the game at the Stoop? Gloucester Hartbury played a very balanced game. They they had all facets on lockdown. Their set piece in terms of their scrum laid a good platform for the likes of um, Natasha Hunt to find the ball and get it out of their backline. But what, what was interesting was every time Harlequins found themselves in the 22-meter area trying to knock on the door, they considered breakdown penalties. And it was all written all over because that that forward pack from Gloucester Hartpre, your likes of Tui Pilot to Jones, as well as core captain Zoe Aldercroft, they were phenomenal in terms of their groundwork and winning back that ball and creating turnovers for their team. But it's, it's an encounter where you see that the two teams are of high quality. Queens can be very proud of themselves. They are, they are counted of themselves beautifully. They just sometimes didn't polish some of the chances they received. So it'll be something um, their, their coaching team would want to have a, a look at. We had a chat with um, Brent Janssen van Reinsberg after, and he said, well, the set piece was good for them, the line-out specifically, but they did not manage to capitalize from, from those areas. And it's something that they need to look at. But I think Gloucester Hardpre are playing with confidence. And you're seeing a player who's who's trying to show the world that she deserved to be at that World Cup in, in Natasha Hunt, more as she's popularly known. So it was a good game at the Stoop, and it was good to see the crowds also out there to support support the ladies on a Sunday. A very cold afternoon. I think personally for me, I obviously I was very excited to see Abby Dow. It's it's not a secret that she was a she's been a fave of mine for a long time, especially over the uh the World Cup daily pod days, um, but she was quite quiet. She didn't really have much of a, a massive impact as I kind of expected her to score a try. I think I said to James, I'd be happy if Gloucester won, but Abby Dow scored. Um, and she didn't, unfortunately, but I think it was a, a good 
you know, solid, safe start for her. A person I think had a massive impact was Bella McKenzie off the bench. She just, when she came on, she made an impact on everything she did, and I think that was brilliant. And I spoke to um, Hannah Jones from Gloucester after, um, and she seemed like confident, but also, again, still picked apart stuff that they can improve on, which I think is interesting to see when they've, they're on an eight-game winning streak and have a stat. So when their opponents today, Harlequins, won the Premiership in 2020-21 season, they won their first nine games. So Gloucester are on an eight-game streak at the moment. So it'll be interesting to see if they can carry that on. And then Saris, the mo- the most they've won at the start of the season is their first 12. Gloucester, however, in their previous um, seasons, have only finished fourth highest in all those seasons, but they've only won their first three games maximum on their first kind of few weeks. So I think an eight-game winning streak for Gloucester... It's something that really needs to be applauded because they were sixth overall last year and they've managed to stamp their intent on every single team they've played and they've played some of, you know, the big teams in this this starting few weeks. So I think positive start for Gloucester. Ellie Kildun we spoke to as well and she was, she said the, the last five minutes of the game were the best for her and how she wants Quinns to play. Um, so taking some positives from it, but I think she also was quite critical and said that they didn't take their chances and things like that. So definitely stuff to work on. Yeah, just to uh, build on some hashtag stat chats as well. Uh, in the uh, in the history of this fixture between Harlequins and, and, and Gloucester, they've played each other 13 times. Uh, and this is only the third time that Gloucester have won this fixture. So just to give a little perspective on how far they've come this season, Harlequins have sort of been a consistent women's team across the history. And so to see that result is huge and Another little stat that the only average points they've scored per game in this fixture is 19. So to score 33 uh, is almost doubling their advantage and is doubling their advantage. I'm good at maths. Um, yeah, it's pretty pretty good indicator of how far they've gone this season. Uh, and maybe just one more point on Gloucester to touch on something that Matt said. Uh, Zoe Allcroft's quite good at, at rugby. Uh, she can play anywhere in sort of the anywhere from the the, the back row and and in the second row, of course, as well. When we had an interview, Imogen and I, wonderfully with uh, Amy Kikane a while back, and we were sort of reflecting on on the World Cup. And at that point, obviously, we were talking about the red card with Lydia Thompson, the obvious point. And she said at the time that she thought the biggest loss during that game was actually Zoe Oldcroft going on early in that game. Uh, if that says, speaks anything about how highly she was regarded in the Red Roses team, uh, that will show you sort of just how highly regarded she is at, at Gloucester as well and how important she is to their success. Just another stat. I, I'm not a very tactical stat as what James is telling us, but there's a corner of Australia building in southwest London, right, with Bella McKenzie, Leany, um, and as the Wallaroos internationals are congregating in the Halloween's team lineup, are they planning a coup? What's happening? <laughs> Now, we do need to say, Bella McKenzie um, was really impressive, like Imogen said, off the bench today. She just provides a, a difference and a bit of a spark. Uh, if if we want to draw Harlequin's conspiracies, she's definitely more in the, the Marcus Smith mould. Um, and chatting to, to Matt over over text earlier, he said he, he definitely agreed with me as well, um, that he thought that Bella McKenzie should probably be given a run of games in that show, obviously, Emily Scott, who's the captain, currently holds that position at ten for Harlequins. Uh, and in a you know in a, in a season where there's not a whole load of games left, and every game means a lot, is obviously going to be a big push for them to 
to give Bella McKenzie some time in that 10 shirt, but hopefully she'll be getting a run of games and, and a chance to prove herself. Correct me if I'm wrong, did Bella McKenzie come on at 10 and Emily Scott moved to 15 today? I'm pretty sure she, she was definitely at first receiver. You can never really tell sometimes when people move around, but she was definitely playing a lot at first receiver, yeah. Yeah, so it could be interesting to see if they could maybe switch the positions around in a starting team to give Bella... Not only did she make some... You know, just had a great game, I think, when she came on, but some of the hits she put in as well were just massive. So I think she's definitely been one of their brilliant signings. They've obviously got an abundance, including Abby Dow and the likes. So I think Quinns are in a really good place going forward once those signings have kind of settled in and moulded to the group. I think they could they could do really well this season as well. Yeah, you could see that they were, they were transitioning as well because... I think around about the 30th minute mark, they, they got some gain line ascendancy and they were unwilling to get the ball to those flyers at the back with your Emily Scotts and your and your Abby Dows waiting for the ball in the back line. They seemed to pick and go, pick and go, and the try finally came. So you're right, once that cohesion starts to, to build up in that team, they'll be more than happy to get those those goals, more ball into their hands. And we're sure that... I, I wouldn't want to meet a Quinns in a, in a semi or a final, especially if they make it through because... They'll, they'll definitely have some confidence if if that game is played in in London it'll be it'll be a good game to see if it's a semi finally uh, just before we wrap up I think despite losing to Saracens Worcester had some really exciting news we'll talk of uh, a new 10-year deal for them yeah that's right so uh, I had the the pleasure of speaking to the managing director with the Warriors women Josh Payne at the start of the week but just before they announced a new 10-year deal with Cube International, uh, which is a basically a funding deal uh, for them to have some financial stability, which is something they're obviously desperate to have. Uh, over the next 10 years coming, uh, Cube International is obviously the private company, the, the local company that basically bought them on an interim basis at the start of this season in order to fund them for the continuation of this season. And now that partnership is extended over 10 years. Importantly, however, this deal is contingent on them having one of those final two places left in the Prem 15s for next season. So it's absolutely vital that they are one of those two teams. I think based on everything they've said and, and the, the sort of the project they're putting forward, it, it seems a pretty strong case that they've got. I mean, it's themselves. We're almost sure there's going to be a Northern team in there and there's two Northern teams. Uh, and as we know, one of them is Shell Sharks, one of them is DMP, and DMP are not going to be contesting this decision. So it looks like Shell Sharks are almost absolutely dead on. Uh, Worcester, with this announcement, they've at least put themselves in a very good place alongside the other contestants, such as Bath and Wasps. Um, but time will tell. But yeah, very exciting possibly new future for Worcester Warriors women. Caleb, round nine is already coming at us like a hurtling train. What are some of the fixtures that you're looking forward to this coming weekend? Saracens, Bristol, Bears, um, it's away in Bristol, but I think Miley Parker and the team will be too strong for, for the Bristol Bears team. Exeter Chiefs and Wasps, again, if Harlequins couldn't win at Sandy Park, if Saracens couldn't win at Sandy Park, Surely a wasp that hasn't done so well this season will, will be sunk down there. And Gloucester Hardpre playing Sale Sharks, they'll probably make it nine on the bounce one day, Gloucester Hardpre. But that was the Prem 15s in 15 minutes. Thank you very much for listening and see you next time. Mm-hmm.